You could pray the words, Come, Holy Spirit, with me three times. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit upon every single person gathered here right now. Come, Holy Spirit. And whatever Jesus desires to do through this Mass, through this homily, I ask that it be done in his most holy and sacred name. Please give me the gift of tongues and please give everybody here the gift of interpretation and understanding. And we ask all this through the intercession of Our Lady as we all pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Pleasure and honor to have you here uh, this morning. You could have slept in. You could have gone to the 5.30 Mass or whatever time it's at this evening, but thank you for getting up. Uh, I know probably most of you are half awake, so I'll do my best to keep this short and to the point. Today in our Gospel, we hear uh, the beautiful story of Martha and Mary, and Martha is known as the active branch of the church. We're all called to do actions, do things for the Lord, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. But we're also called to be contemplative. And I think a lot of us, if we had a scale... The active is very, very high, and the contemplative is very, very low. And what we all need is balance, right? We need balance. And the question is, how, how do we do that? So we hear Jesus enters a village, and a woman there named Martha welcomed him. Martha, one point, right? Good on you, Martha. Love it. Welcoming people is a very, a very good thing to do. But she went straight to serving and dismissed the Lord, and Mary sat at his feet because she knew who she was with. One point. Mary. Martha is burdened with serving. You know, she, she, she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has abandoned me? Maybe you felt abandoned by people as you've been here, you do work, and I feel abandoned. Why aren't, they, why aren't we doing this together? Like, what's going on here? Why do they get to pray and I have to work? Or whatever your excuses might be in your life. She's left me to do much serving. Tell her to help me, right? We're complaining to God the whole time. Uh, now Martha's at zero points, right? <laughs> she lost the point. Jesus says, you are anxious and worried about many things. She's focused on all these things, but she's called to keep the main thing the main thing. And who is the main thing? The person is Jesus. So he says, Mary has chosen the better part. But notice how he doesn't say, what you're doing is bad. Your work is bad. It's horrible. Oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? No, it's just very simply saying, like, out of your prayer should come your work, not vice versa. So I want to give you an image of what being more contemplative looks like. And that it starts by asking the question, Jesus, what are you teaching me right now? Or what are you trying to teach me right now? Contemplatives ask questions because questions make us slow down and they make us ponder. Questions make us slow down and they make us ponder. So if I'm asking the question, Jesus, what are you trying to teach me right now? Or what are you trying to reveal to me right now? I, I first of all make myself receptive. I give him a space to speak. I'm not complaining, tell them what to do, Jesus. No, I'm receiving. So I want you to imagine the men's house. This happened on Thursday afternoon. It's myself, Will, and Hector. We knew that we needed to clean. I arrived, and I'll, I'll be honest, the house is a little bit of a pigsty, but no problem, we can work with that. We're working on making it cleaner, being good stewards of the Lord. And Will's like, I need to vacuum, because he has a dog, lots of hair everywhere, right? And he has the vacuum cleaner plugged in, and he's doing a good deed, cleaning, so you all come to a nice clean house, being well kept, so you can be welcomed in a clean house. Good thing. Will, one point. 
But then he's, he's moving the vacuum cleaner everywhere, and it's not working. And he's getting frustrated. I'm kind of watching this. And I said, well, this exact same thing happened to me last week. Why don't we just take it apart and figure out why it's not working? And that's kind of us sometimes in our, in our prayer lives or in our lives in general. I'm doing everything I should do, Lord. I'm, I'm plugged in. I'm doing good work, but it's not working. And sometimes we need someone else to come into that moment of our lives and figure, figure out why, why things aren't working. So we, we started taking the tubes apart and by having a dog, there was so much hair in that vacuum cleaner. Everything was clogged up. I mean, that's us sometimes in our spiritual life. Like I'm doing everything I should do, but maybe I have these clogs and I'm, I'm, I'm just not aware of how to see that. Maybe I need spiritual direction or a really good confession or maybe someone just to help me see what I don't see. And we took it apart and we took every little piece apart and just the amount of hair that kept coming out and kept coming out and kept coming out and kept coming out. It was like super, super gross. And then Will and I said, Will, this is, this is the gospel this Sunday. We're doing good work. We're being like, like, like Mary or like Martha. Good on you, Will. Like, this is great. Hector's sitting there watching this being like, what's going on? This is disgusting. And I'm just like, this just happened to me. And I said, what do you think God is trying to teach us in this moment? What do you think God's trying to teach us? I think a lot of us, again, we feel like I'm plugged in. I'm at summer projects. I'm plugged in. I'm doing everything I should be doing, but it's just not working yet. Like I'm doing good work, but it's not working yet. And maybe you need someone else who's been doing the work before you and just ask for a little bit of help. So as, as I was talking to Will, he's like, I don't know what to do with this thing. And I'm like, literally just had the same thing happen to me last week. Took those different hoses out and just kept like pulling these sick and gross and nasty amounts of hair but as soon as we fixed it, you know, um, everything worked properly. We just said, I, and, then, and then I told him, because uh, he picked up the vacuum cleaner and it fell on his big toe, and he started making, like, complaints. And I said, offer up your suffering for me right now, because I could use a lot of prayer, because I'm a little bit, like, weirded out with how gross and not well-kept this house is. It's just, it's just different for me, right? And that's, that's, that's like, the next step um, of, of growing in the Lord. Listen to St. Paul today. He says, something so strange to us. People are living more contemplative and are slowing down and asking the questions, Jesus, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? Knowing that Mary chose the better part, but that doesn't mean that what Martha did was bad. It means it was just not as good, right? It was less better, I guess, if that's a thing. St. Paul says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Because of what Jesus has done for me on the cross, I have something to do for it. I have something to do with it. He says, as in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on my behalf, his body, which is the church. So when, when we ask those questions, Jesus, what are you trying to teach me? Sometimes when I'm suffering, he's saying, now you know how much I love you. Like when you feel pain, emotional pain, psychological pain, or even physical pain, the one who's living more contemplatively and is slowing down is able to see what Jesus is doing He's giving you a sliver of his cross to say, this is how much I love you. But if we just go, we go thing after thing after thing after thing, and we're not slowing down, and we're just serving and serving and working and working, and we're not asking questions prayerfully, we say, this sucks. And when we had a vacuum cleaner, we are like, this should suck, but it doesn't suck, but we want it to suck, right? It's kind of a weird thing. But as we're sitting there, like, I'm doing everything I should be doing, but why is it not working? But those who are living contemplative, contemplatively, bringing a space for the Lord to come in, we say things like, wow, Lord, you, you love me that much that you could actually speak to me through something simple as a vacuum cleaner, right? 
So there's an invitation this week for all of us as you're working to start praying those words, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And whatever you do for work here as you're working, just to ask that question, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, Blessed Virgin Mary, whatever saint you have a devotion to, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? And when you begin to make those things more prayerfully, you begin to see, you begin to see the Lord in everything. Nothing is apart from him, but there's an invitation to slow down, which means death to self. But if, but if I'm dying, the Lord is living, right? And one thing that this, that this looks like as you, as, you, as you grow in the Lord, so I want to end with a story about my great-grandma. Never met her. She passed away before I was born. The one thing that she drove my grandma crazy with was how long it took her to do the dishes. My great-grandma, she would go to do the dishes and she would pray a Hail Mary over every single fork and spoon and knife and glass and plate and bowl. And it would take her a lot of time to do the dishes and it drove my grandma nuts. Because she's like, Mom, 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 I want to do this. And she's like, I'm praying for your soul right now. <laughs> I'm praying these Hail Marys so the next person who uses this fork, uses a spoon, um, encounters the Lord. And that's what a missionary disciple does. But it's to see the Lord in these invitations through action to be more contemplative. Everything we do in faith is done as an invitation. So I can either say, oh my gosh, what a pigsty, or I can say, I can pray for these people like right now and offer up the suffering in my heart for their salvation. Or I can complain and say, like, be like a Martha and say, is anyone else going to help me? Does anyone else not care that this is a mess? And, and throw a pity party. I think that's where a lot of us fall into, having that victim spirit. What, why is no one helping me? Why do I do this all by myself? Me, 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 I, I, I. And I'm totally blocking out the Lord and not seeing as he sees. Not seeing that I can actually unite the suffering in my heart in a prayer. So then if I see something as a mess, I see it as an invitation to pray. That's what a disciple does. That's what a transformed mind and transformed heart does. But if we don't slow down, it doesn't happen. And that can just begin by happening again, by praying those words, come Holy Spirit, and just asking the Lord in your day-to-day -day interactions, when you feel bored, or when you're frustrated, when you're discouraged, Jesus, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? Father, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? And maybe you just need someone to ask someone else, like, what do you think the Lord's trying to teach me in this moment? I don't know if Will would have been able to fix that vacuum cleaner. I don't know. But I just literally had that ha same thing happen to me the week before. And that's what happens when you're contemplative in action. Because we can't just sit there and pray and not love people, right? The, the object of praying is to let myself be loved so I can love others. And then do good deeds. Call that the simple principle of relationship, identity, mission. Out of my relationship, I get an identity by, by aw being aware of what Christ has done for me on the cross. I know I'm his son. And then he sends me on mission to be a son to others, a brother to others, a father to others. But it's out of my relationship that I gain my identity out of being aware of what the Lord has done for me. And then I say crazy things like, Lord, I rejoice in the sufferings because now I know what you've done for me. You've transformed the way I see the world. You transform the way I see myself. You transform everything you touch. Even something as simple as being in a vacuum, having a vacuum cleaner of three dudes in a, in a living room, right? Like the Lord is amazing. But that means we have to slow down and let him reveal himself to us. And that's why the Mass doesn't move fast. 
That's why it's meant to be slow, so you can contemplate. First, going to take a moment of silence and maybe think of one or two things that you complained about this week, right now, in your work, and just ask the Lord, were you trying to reveal something to me? What were you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me in that moment? If we don't apply what we, what we, what we do here, it's not going to transform what we do out there.